Welcome to another live edition here on The Rock Pile. I'm your host, as always, the coach, Rocky Criglano. I got a special guest waiting for me tonight. As I say every Wednesday night, follow me live on all social media platforms, YouTube, Twitter, at The Rock Pile Show, Instagram, at rcordlano 23 LinkedIn as well. Tonight's special guest, before we get started, I want to make sure it's an interactive show. If you have any questions for myself or Dave, please put them in the comment box in Facebook. If you're catching me live on YouTube, you can also put the comments live in the YouTube, and I'll pull as many over as I can tonight. So without further ado, let me introduce the owner of Dave Bruce's American Martial Arts, Mr. Bruce himself. Let's see if we can get him on. He'll be on in a second here. I think I see you. How are we doing, Dave? Good, Rocky. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Thanks for taking the time tonight to come on with me. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to it. No problem. Well, listen, Dave, I, I was doing a little research on you, and uh, why don't you, if you can, for our listeners tonight, maybe talk a little bit of how you got started in martial arts. Oh, boy. Um, I got started back in uh, 1985, believe it or not. So um, when I was a kid, I wanted to do martial arts. I, I tried to get my parents to sign me up for martial arts, and uh, they wouldn't do it. Um, and uh, 1984, I graduated high school, and uh, I wasn't ready to go to college at that time, so I went to work. And then uh, in May or June of 85, I signed myself up for karate, uh, and I've been with it ever since. Did you ever think you'd be in it this long? Uh, you know, believe it or not, I did. Um, shortly after I started training, um, I knew that I wanted to be an instructor. Um, and, uh, so I knew it was going to be a lifetime, uh, thing for me. Now you opened the doors to, to your, your martial arts studio, I believe back in 2012, right? So you've been at it for about eight years, eight years. Yes. And, you know, as, as all businesses and myself included here at Bernie bus, obviously pre COVID has been much different than, uh, post COVID. So talk to us how COVID has impacted your business. Well, I'll be honest with you, you know, it's the only thing that's really been a, a downfall for us is is not seeing the kids on a daily basis. Um, <clears throat> I uh, have not lost a single student through this whole pandemic. Um, we started right in. We were told, I think, like March 12th, we had to close our doors. Um, the day the following day we shot and we thought it was only going to be like two weeks. Um, so we sh uh, the next day, me and another instructor, we shot video um, and we would post those for each class and we were shooting videos every day. Uh, after a couple of weeks, when we realized this was going to be a long term thing, we switched right over and uh, we were right into Zoom classes um, Monday through Thursday, uh, classes every day and um, full, full classes. Um, we had probably. The first week we had probably 50% participation. By the third week we had about 95% participation. Oh, wow, uh, it's been amazing. Um, you know, I really learned a lot through this about loyalty and what that means. Um, I always held that as a very high trait and uh, my students and my parents have really demonstrated that to me and they've stuck with us through this whole thing. And um, I couldn't be more grateful to them. 
you know, I think that's one of the special things about Rome, as I always say, you know, Rome is home. I grew up here, born and raised. I moved away for a little while. I was down in Columbus, Ohio. I came back. I never thought I'd ever be back. But, you know, my family's still here. But this, the Rome community sticks by one another so much. All the small business um, owners that I've had on this show the last few months have all said the community has been so supportive in small businesses during this time. That's special. It's true. And, you know, I, I think Rome's a terrific place to, I grew up here. I was born and raised here. Um, I think it's a terrific place uh, for families to raise your kids. Um, the community is always supportive, no matter what you need. And uh, I'm really, really happy to be here. You know, when you talk about the, um, the, the virtual learning and all that, obviously the, the kids now are going through that. And, you know, one of the things that I always find hard when you, when you say the participation has was that high, that's impressive because trying to keep you know a young person's attention through a video meeting like this versus actual in person, that's a big difference. So those numbers, when you say that, that's hats off to you because that's tough to do. Yeah, it was much harder with the with the littler kids, um, you know, the four or five or six year olds, but our seven and up, they. Um, they can focus pretty good. We did a little bit shorter classes than we normally do um, for, for online. But of course, we're back in the school now. Um, almost all the students are back in, in regular classes. I still have a few that are still doing the online. Uh, and, um, you know, as loyal as they were to me, I'm going to do online classes as long as they meet, need me to, even if it's for one kid. Now, did you ever think you'd be doing these online classes? I know probably years ago, doing online classes probably wasn't even thought of. Do you think even after all this, I know you said you'll still do it, but even down the road long term, do you think you'll stay with online classes? Only until um, all of my students are back in the school. Uh, once once we have them uh, all back in here, we'll, we'll stop the online classes. But if I have one that is staying home and, and doing it, I'm going to provide it for them. Yeah, and, and that, that's, that completely makes sense. And, you know, a few other things, too, is social media impact nowadays is, is huge, too. you got all these different platforms. You know, I'm on a couple platforms tonight doing this with you. But, you know, social media before COVID, even years ago when you got into the business world, it wasn't as big as it is now. Talk to us a little bit about the impact of social media for you. Well, for me, it's been... Um, uh, imperative that, that we stay involved with social media. This is where I draw um, probably 80% of my new students come from seeing us on social media. The other 20% come from referrals. Uh, I do very, very little paid advertising, um, you know, because I, I, I get everything through uh, primarily Facebook. Uh, it's been uh, a godsend for us because I can just put something out there and people will react to it. And um, it's we all free publicity. And it's just amazing over the years how big social media has gotten. It's almost like a free form of advertisement compared to, you know, years ago, if you used the Rome Sentinel or the, the OD, you know, you're running those ads. You don't know right. how many people really pick up the newspaper, especially nowadays. Most people, you know, with the smartphones, it's Twitter, it's Facebook, it's LinkedIn. It's, it's crazy. All online. And I can I can look and if I run an ad on Facebook, I can look and see how people are responding. And if very quickly I can change it up if it's not working. Right. 
So, Dave, I got to ask you this question because I've had on um, a couple different martial arts. I, you know, Vicky joined me last week. Vicky was great to, to talk to. Um, I had Heath Waterman was fantastic as well. He'll yep. be back with me next week. But there's so many different styles of karate. What separates everybody? You know, there's black belts, you know, there's jitsu. I mean, we'll talk about all those more in depth. But what really separates everybody in the karate business? So, it, it, the, you know, karate in America is kind of a, a just an overall word. When somebody refers to karate, they don't know if they're talking about Taekwondo or, um, you know, uh, Shotokan karate or um, Goju Ryu or any of the other, you know, people just call martial arts karate. Um, so, um, you know, what we teach here is a blended style of Shotokan Karate and Taekwondo, along with um, uh, American style and Muay Thai style kickboxing and um, self-defense um, program that we teach separately. And one of the things I wanted to ask you, maybe you can help clarify the difference, but there's the sports karate, and then you have the full contact karate. Do you teach both? So I do. So, um, you know, I, I look at martial arts in a, in a way of you have um, different categories that apply to different things. So you have your art, you know, the kata, uh, all of that stuff. You have the sport, you have sparring, weapons, um, competition, all that type of stuff. And then you have your self-defense or your personal safety portion of it. And um, we cover all of those bases here uh, along with, you know, um, we got guys that do kickboxing. We got guys that do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, some are just in our karate program. Um, you know, it all depends on what they're looking for. Well, I know we have up, a well-rounded program. I know growing up, of course, I used to love watching the kickboxing shows. Van Damme, Steven Seagal, I mean, Bruce Lee. I mean, you name it. I used to watch all of them. What were some of the ones that you used to watch? So, you know, they used to have a show on back then called Kung Fu Theater. And uh, it was all Chinese um, Kung Fu movies. And I just, I used to watch that all the time. Uh, that was the big thing back then. Do you think nowadays with, with a lot of the bullying in, in schools, um, you're seeing more parents put, put their kids into, into karate because of that? Uh, definitely. Um, bullying is a, a real problem. Um, I think uh, it's not being dealt with in the proper manner. And um, I think parents are looking for an answer when their kids are being bullied. Um, and we can help with that because we instill confidence in kids. And um, when you're confident in your, in your demeanor, and you're confident in yourself, there's a less likelihood that you're going to be bullied in the first place. Yeah. And the, uh, that was very similar to what, you know, Vicki was talking about last week when we were talking about the bullying piece and Dave, you taught, you taught some bullying, I think classes, right. For, for businesses too. Yeah. I've done some for the school district. Um, I've done, uh, I did par technology. I did a, a self-defense class for them. Um, I've done it for the YMCA, a bunch of different um, places, um, Adirondack Central School, uh, VVS. I did a program out there. Um, I did a, a bunch of places that uh, I've done programs for. 
Now, how much does your background, too, because you were uh, retired from the police force, too, how much does your background in the, with the police force tie into what you're doing now? Is there a lot of similarities? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's no similarity in what I do. You know, um, I've been retired from the police department for 10 years. Um, it's a whole different world now for these officers, and I feel, I feel bad for them. Uh, what they're going through right now. They need our support more than ever. And, um, you know, they're just, they're taking the heat and um, they're, they're really getting a raw deal. And uh, I really feel bad for them. And I would not want to do that job in this day and age. No, I agree. It's changed so much over the years. You know, you mentioned the Mai Tai kickboxing. Can yep. you talk to us a little bit about that? What, what makes that, that uh, hopefully I pronounced it right, but. Yeah, it's, Muay Thai, uh, it's, it's a kickboxing style that um, they call it the art of eight limbs. Um, you, you can kick, you can knee, you can elbow, punch, uh, all, all of that stuff um, all in one um, sport. Uh, as opposed to like American style kickboxing where there's no, no kicks below the legs, you can only punch and kick to the, to the body and head. Um, no elbows, things like that. And one of the things you and I were, were talking a little bit last night about it, and you had mentioned the whole MMA thing. I told you I wanted to ask you a few questions on that because it's gotten so big over the years. And um, I grew up with, you know, Mike Tyson, Jordan yeah. Foreman. I'm excited to watch Mike Tyson get back in the ring. I think he's going to destroy Roy Jones. But he he looks fantastic. He looks uh, great. And he, he looks amazing. Um, I think he's going to destroy him too. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's it's going to be interesting. But, you know, that's what I grew up to. And then, of course, now the, the MMA comes on the scene and it's, and it's bigger than ever. I think it's only going to get bigger. You did some officiating for it, correct? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a professional MMA judge and uh, referee. Um, I've worked um, a bunch of different promotions. Uh, I've done uh, UFC events, Bellator, World Series of Fighting, Professional Fighters League are some of the bigger shows that I've done. Um, I do a ton of uh, local amateur shows, um, just trying to work my way through the, the process of getting up to the bigger shows. It's, it's a grind. Um, you know, people see the end result when you're in the cage, but you know what they don't know. I haven't worked a fight because of COVID yeah. in a long time, but every weekend I'm watching and scoring fights to keep sharp because eventually we're going to get back into it. So, um, you know, it's training, it's um, communicating with other officials. And um, I spend a lot of time watching fights and scoring fights and making sure that my skills stay up to par. Do you think the MMA, the MMA is good for, you know, people like yourself that run the karate studios that you see more people say, geez, I want to go take karate because I want to get ready and try to be in the MMA. You think it's helped you out since the MMA's gotten bigger? Um, not, it has and it hasn't. Um, you know, people are looking for different things. Um, you know, and there's a lot of good MMA, sole MMA schools around here. Um, and, uh, you know, we're not a, a MMA school. Um, we teach karate, we teach kickboxing, which are part of yeah. MMA, and we teach Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which is also a big part of MMA, but we are not a, a MMA school. Um, so typically, if I have somebody that comes to me that is looking 
that says, you know what, I want to fight MMA. Uh, I'm going to put him in the right direction to a trainer that's going to focus primarily on that. How hard is it to be a referee? Like you said, you do a lot of fights. Um, how hard is it? Do you have to go through a process for that? Is there trainings for that? Do you get scored yourself on how you do? What's that process like? Yeah, so, um, <clears throat> you know, I started as a judge, a uh, guy named Frank Cristiano out of New Hartford. He ran a promotion called CNY Battleground, uh, and he would have fights in Utica. And he put me on as a judge one time. This was in 2012. And... Um, then he called me back to do his next show and, and the one after that. Then I got a call from a guy in Rochester. He said, hey, I heard you're a pretty good judge. You want to come out and work our show? And I started working out there. So this went on. And then a guy from Binghamton called me. And um, I started to think this may be something. So I went to a, a judge training class. Um, and I do that every Every year or two, I go through a refresher course for both judging and refereeing. And um, that's how I got my start. And um, then a, a couple of years into it, I said, you know what? I want to give refereeing a try. And I asked one of the promoters, I said, you know, can you give me a couple of fights to ref? And they did. And um, I just started building on that, started doing the referee training and um, just that's how it worked. And I worked my way up, finally got legalized in New York, uh, which was yeah. which was a yeah. big, uh, big thing. And um, I got uh, applied with the New York State Athletic Commission as a um, uh, judge and a referee. And um, I've been licensed with them for since they uh, legalized it. Now, you, is the MMA going to continue to get bigger? Of course, yeah, it's the fastest growing sport in the world. Um, it's only going to get bigger, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, continuing to work in that capacity. Let me see. We got some comments here. Let me bring some over. So, Joel Mosca Landry says hello, Rocky and David. Hi, Joel. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, Joel. And then Sherry LaGreco, if you know Sherry. I do. She says, awesome summer program martial art classes. Dave's a stand-up guy. Thank you for treating my nephew, Sebastian, like family. Let's see who else we got. We got John Riley. Hey, John. He says, nice. Hi, John. Dave. Love John. John's a great guy. He is a good dude. And I think you got a question here, Dave, from Lisa. She says, is... Is it really illegal to use skills on the streets with adults with a fight? If there's any, you know, a fight is involved, He's, she said, I've heard so many different things. So the answer to that is no. Um, it is not illegal to use the skills that you've acquired to protect yourself. Um, <clears throat> you know, people think, oh, you get a black belt, you have to register your hands as a weapon and all that stuff. It's nonsense. Um, what determines in New York State, what determines what you can do as far as self-defense goes is um, the penal law. Article 35 of the New York State penal law is what covers self-defense. And uh, as long as you are within the guidelines of that law, you, uh, you will be fine no matter what you do. Okay, But you have to be uh, within the guidelines. So, you know, if I get attacked and... I fight back and I knock the guy on the ground. Uh, I can't go over and stomp him on the head. Right. That's that would change from self-defense to being the, the attacker. Right. Um, so you got to watch stuff like that. 
but you absolutely can use any skills that you have um, to protect yourself as long as you're justified in doing so. You know, we see all, at least, I mean, I do with, with kids, you know, my son's a, a Fortnite um, all the time. They're always playing these fighting games, you know, cry, you know, action games. When I was younger, it was more, um, I played all the sports games, the football games, the basketball, the baseball. I had the old Commodore 64, Nintendos, the old school. They, yep. didn't ha they didn't have those type of action games really when I, when I was younger. And now with all these different action games, do kids think that that's what fighting is now? Um, some may think that. Um, I think it's incumbent upon the parent to limit and to um, have conversations about those type of games. Make sure that they're at the appropriate age for it. Um, I think things are okay in limitations. Um, you know, if a kid's on there all day long and that's all they do, uh, that's not a good scenario. Uh, but when you're when you're, when the parents explaining what the game is, what real life is, and they're at an age that's appropriate for the game, then I think it's okay. So I got a brand new Your mom says she finally found you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your mothers are always your biggest supporters, and I tell kids yep. that. You know, don't talk back to your mom because she's going to be there for the rest of your life. And you know, uh, that's uh, I'm still a mama's boy. My wife always laughs and says, you know, you're 40 years old. You're still a mama's boy. And uh, I think I always will be. But uh, yeah. I, your mom's known me since I was a little a little kid growing up. And yeah. So, you know, my mom, she's she's a terrific lady. And, uh, you know, she'd do anything for anybody. And I'm glad she found us. And my buddy, uh, Pat, I don't know if you know the past lock was Pat says great information. Uh, yep. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate that. Uh, Thank you, Pat. And then, you know, let's go back to, you know, your classes that, that you offer, you teach, you know, what nights a week, if people are interested, um, is the website the best way to go on? Talk a little bit about your classes. So we run classes. We, we've got basically two um, programs. Our Little Dragons program, four, five, and six-year-olds, those are on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh, and then our teen and adult and juniors uh, program, which is uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, right now, we're not running any classes on Friday. Um, we'll reevaluate that when uh, we get through this pandemic uh, and continue to add classes. If somebody's interested, we typically run a one-month introductory program. They could try it out. It's $69 includes a free uniform and they can try it out for a month and uh, that should give them time to see if it's something they want to do more long term. How hard is it? You, you mentioned black belt. I know there's all different types of black belts that are out there. Um, talk to us a little bit about the difference. Um, and then if you can, how hard is it? How long does it take somebody to achieve that? Maybe talk to our listeners and viewers about the difference. So in, in our program here, uh, if you came in at seven years old with no training, um, it's going to take you between uh, five and seven years to, to get your black belt. If you come in as, as a four-year-old, it's going to take you probably seven to nine years uh, because we break down that, that four, five, and six-year-old program um, where we're working more on um, – discipline. We're working more on um, balance and um, motor skills than we are real um, solid technique. Uh, 
uh, you know, working, getting them to cooperate, getting them to listen, uh, along with all the other skills. Um, so they're, they're going to take a little bit longer, but average, um, you know, I've got 10 people testing in October for black belt. Wow. Um, and uh, I, I, I tell them all, you know, not everybody's going to make it uh, and that's okay. But, um, <clears throat> you know, we'll get them on the next time. It's a tough road. It's not easy to accomplish, but um, it's worth it. Um, you know, some of them are going to various levels. They already have black belts. They're going to various levels of black belts. Some are going to black belt for the first time. Um, the test itself will be about uh, four hours and uh, we'll take them through the whole thing. And, and uh, I'm confident that they'll do well. Uh, typically, if I know somebody is not going to pass a test, I don't test them. Uh, but sometimes they'll get in there and they, and they will fail a test. You know, back in the day, I, knew, I mean, I grew up in the in the weight room with uh, with your dad, Coach Mize. You know, all the the old RFA coaches who, to this day, have played a huge part of my life. And you know, there's always people that say there's a certain age to put kids in in a weight room. Like my son's eight years old. Eventually, I'll get him started late and and face him in. Is there a certain age that you say to somebody, wait before you get started with karate? We don't take anybody younger than four, typically. Um, there, it has happened where um, you have that, that kid that just, you know, is the anomaly. And uh, I just started a kid that's three years old. Oh, wow. Uh, and I don't normally do that, but um, the parents were kind of, you know, hey, you, you know, can you just take a look? And um, I brought him in. I, I, I said, I'll, I'll give him a, a quick evaluation. And um, I brought him in last week, uh, just spent 15 minutes with him, um, put him through some, some, um, some, some basic drills, some listening skills, right foot, left foot, you know, that type of thing. And um, he, was, he was beyond his age. And uh, he's going to be four anyways, I think, in January or December or something. So I said, we'll put him in. Um, he was able to listen, follow directions, didn't fool around. Um, didn't need mom and dad to just be on the floor with them. So um, I, I decided that to take him at three. Uh, but there's very few that that happens with. Um, sometimes they'll bring him to me at four and I tell him, listen, give him six months. He's just not ready. Um, and, you know, you hate to turn a kid away, but you want it to be a good experience for both the, the child and for the parent. And um, if they're not ready for it, it's not going to be a good experience for either one. And um, so I always, uh, if they're not ready for us, I just tell them, listen, bring them back in six months. It'll make a big difference at that age. Now, sometimes they come back. Sometimes they go down the road and sign them up someplace else. Um, you know, that's that's on the parent. I get that. Um, but I'm not in the business really for the money. I'm in it for the kids and the program. And so um, if a kid's not ready, I don't take it. No, and, and I think you're right. I think it's like with any sport. I mean, I, I, I coached varsity football for a little while. I grew up with it with my dad and my sister coach. And then I was my son's flag football coach, baseball coach. And one of the things I, I it always irritates me at the lower levels is if you start a kid too soon, 
they have that ill feeling in their stomach where either they're scared or they have a bad experience and they don't come back. You know? Yeah, exactly right. We need numbers. We need kids in, in sports. That's what I tell the parents. Listen, um, and, and it's the same with the parent as well. If the parent's not happy or they don't have a good experience, um, they're not going to come back whether the kid wants to or not. And uh, so we want everybody to be happy. Sometimes kids just aren't ready. And um, we will definitely let them know if they're not and hope that they, they return to us. You know, you always hear those stories to make you keep coming back. You know, I use my dad as an example, coach for a long time. And some of his players now that have kids I always still call my dad coach and, you know, thank him all the time. And even to this day, people with me, my sister, everybody, um, you know, that's what makes makes it all worth it. And I'm sure with, with your field, too, you still have former students and that always say, hey, coach or sensei, that's got to yeah. make you feel good. Yeah, I love seeing old students, you know, kids, they, they go through, they, they leave, they come back, they, uh, you know, and uh, when you run out to run into them out in the community, it's always a good feeling when they, they recognize you or, you know, uh, when a kid tells you you played a role, you know, or a young adult now um, tells you that you played a role in their development uh, that helped them. It, it always feels good. That's what we're here for. Now, the flip side is I'm sure you have your challenges like we all do in every business and every coach has challenges. What are some of the biggest challenges, you know, for you with, with the students? Is it, you know, if a student, you know, you said if they're not ready to test, you don't test them. But I'm right. sure you have some challenges as well. What are some of the challenges that you face? So some of the biggest challenges are um, getting kids to, to stay focused on what they want to do. Um, you know, getting in there and sometimes they get in and, you know, when you're dealing with seven, eight, nine, ten, even some of the early teens, um, you know, the first thing, maybe they're only seeing their friend in karate class at karate class. They might go to different schools and, you know, so the first thing they want to do is focus on talking and fooling around with their friend. And then we got to get them back into martial arts mindset. Um, uh, you know, I would say that's probably the biggest issue that we face. But we start in, instilling um, <clears throat> discipline and self-respect and um, managing yourself from the beginning. Um, most, most of my classes, the students take care of themselves in the beginning. They line themselves up. They do their own warm-ups. And then I come in and, and teach. Uh, so, you know, I'll be at my desk and the kids will watch the clock on their own and they take care of that themselves. Um, and that's what we want. We're trying to build self-sufficient kids that can become self-sufficient adults. Now, do you try to keep, the kids, uh, do you ever have a kid that might be too aggressive or too violent, too combative in class. Um, all the time. I'll, I'll uh, say probably all the time. I'll tell you what, it's easier to calm a kid down than it is to bring a timid kid up. Mm. So, um, you know, it's, um, I find it easier to do that. So yeah, you have kids that come in, they're aggressive. It's just about teaching them respect for their partners um, because if you are constantly hammering your partner, nobody wants to train with you. And so you have to 
figure out how to adjust levels with different students. One person you might wanna spar a little bit harder against, the next one you might have to go a little bit lighter. And it's just learning that adjustment. And it's hard when you're a beginner. Uh, it gets easier as you start to move into the late beginner or the um, intermediate ranges, it becomes much, much easier. Now, is it the same for like, you know, I was a decent athlete, I would say back in the day, but wasn't very flexible, but was a good athlete, which is kind of odd because usually the good athletes are your flexible athletes. Right. But the question I want to ask you is just because somebody was a good athlete or a great athlete, does that translate over into karate that they would necessarily be a good, good student or, you know, good athlete there? It gives them an advantage. Um, but if they don't take it, take that advantage and use it, then they're, they're, they won't excel to the point that they could. Um, and you, you'll see other kids that, um, you know, I got, I got some really, really talented kids. Um, and I got some that weren't as talented or as athletic, but are much better martial artists mm. because they work and focus on doing things correctly where sometimes somebody who's um, got tremendous athletic ability or things just come naturally to them, they don't work as hard and focus on technique as much. Let me pull over, I got some more stuff here. Alyssa Mignanti says, thank you, Sensei. Remind Augie of that, please. Remind, which one, Alyssa? Remind him of... I got her daughter, her son, Augie. He's a great kid. Oh, do you? And yeah, then, some um, of my uh, students' parents are starting to pop in here. Sam Bonham just jumped on. Yeah, he said, Sensei is great with students. My son and I are very happy with this program. That's awesome. Yeah, it's his son's a brown belt. Um, within the next probably year, he'll be testing for his black belt. And then we got a couple other ones here. Let's see. Sean Jane says, good job, good show. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate it. Thank you. So hopefully I say this the right way. So do you see when kids come to you or parents come to you to en enroll their, their kids, you know, are they kids that have discipline problems, emotional problems, mental, you know, anything? So <laughs> you see all of it. People, different people come here for different reasons or to any martial arts school for different. Sometimes it's because they're, they're having uh, bullying problems. Sometimes it's because they uh, do nothing but play video games and their parents want them to exercise and interact with other kids. Sometimes it's because the parent did martial arts. Sometimes it's because they just need structure uh, in their life. Uh, so we get the whole, whole gamut of, of that and, Everybody has their own reason for coming here, and we uh, work to uh, help everybody that steps in, no matter what they need. Uh, you know, and I've seen some kids come through here that um, had real anger problems, um, real problems in school, and just they've stuck with it. The parents believed in us, and we've seen a real turnaround in some of these kids. No, that's awesome. Wow. That's definitely a good story. Everybody tonight before you came on said, you got to make sure you talk about the summer program. And this was the first year my son was involved. And uh, I told you, my son absolutely loved it. And he'll be back next year. I think my daughter 
which God bless you if my <laughs> if my daughter comes. I'm hoping she will. But uh, he loved it. But talk about how long you've been doing the camp for. So we've been running camps uh, almost as long as we've been open. Now, that said, this is the first year that we opened it to the public. So we've never, we've never allowed, it's only been for my students in previous years, and we would only do a couple of weeks. We've never done a full summer. Um, and I've been looking into doing this for for a while, and uh, I did a lot of research, and, um, you know, uh, I think it's important to have mentors um, for, for different things. And um, every all my research led to one person, and I reached out to him, and um, I got on board with his program for summer camps. His name's Dwayne Spires. He's been a terrific mentor for me. Uh, I actually went to Cozumel, Mexico, just to meet him and discuss oh, wow. his program because uh, I heard he was speaking there at a at a martial arts convention. I told my wife, I said, I'm going down there to talk to this guy. And uh, I came back and I signed on with his program. And a week later, I had to close my school. And uh, so we were nervous, but he mentored me through it. He says, you got to prepare. You got to be ready because maybe you're going to do a full summer. Maybe you're going to do half a summer. He goes, but there's going to come a point when you're going to open. And uh, so I listened to him and I paid attention. I did everything he told me to do. And uh, we opened and, and got a full summer. And we did 10 weeks, 30 kids a day for 10 weeks of summer. As you know, your son was one of them. Uh, it was a great experience. We're looking forward to doing it next year. As you know, I hired I hired 11 staff members for the summer and uh, we had great staff. The kids had an awesome time and uh, it, was a, it was a great learning experience. Um, and we're ready to jump in with both feet again next year. And even with the different programs for the summer that you have, the different um, events that you did, um, karate was one of them, right? You introduced karate to all the kids? Yeah, so the kids did karate in summer camp. Plus, we still did our regular classes at night. So we were still doing Zoom classes. Um, you know, I had uh, one of our summer camp coaches would come from summer camp right in to teach karate. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, so – we did all of that. Um, you know, the kids, they played baseball or wiffle ball. They played soccer, kickball. Um, we did all kinds of arts and crafts. We did all kinds of stuff with them. We had a great summer. The kids loved it. And um, and they also got to try martial arts in the program. Yeah, no, that's awesome. My son loved it. And I know next year, hopefully, right, will you keep it open for everybody next year again, the public? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to run the same thing. Um, you know, I had a, we sold out this year. We limited it to 30 kids, sold out. I had 18 people on a waiting list trying wow. to get in. Um, so we're going to be fine for next year, um, depending on, on the COVID situation. We'll probably run 40 kids next year uh, if we don't have the restrictions that we did this year. Wow, that's awesome. That's fantastic. So, uh, we'll start advertising summer camp probably in March. Okay. And uh, we'll give all our, our campers from this year uh, opportunity first. We'll reach out to you by email, um, say we're enrolling now, uh, get your spot reserved because um, it's going to sell out again. And I, my wife, I got to pull her over here, but she said, uh, what's the age range for the, uh, for the summer camps? Summer camp is five to 12. That's it. And I don't make any exceptions on that. We go five to 12, nobody younger and nobody older. Um, that's it. 
Okay. She's probably thinking what I'm thinking. How old my daughter will be five. So she's going to be good. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, Great. So Dave, I always ask this in my interviews. Um, again, I, cause I do my radio show on Saturdays. I talk to coaches, athletes from, from all over. And, uh, my favorite question to ask people, and I've asked it with the business owners, you mentioned some mentors that you've had that have, that have helped you out along the way. Talk a little bit about some of those people, um, coaches, whoever it is that's helped you in your journey in life. So, you know, uh, I've had a lot of really good mentors. Um, you know, my parents, um, obviously, you know, my father through coaching, he was a tremendous coach. Um, and I didn't learn a lot about the coaching mechanics from him. But I did learn uh, something more important about connecting with your players or for me, connecting with my students as a, as a coach or, or an instructor. And I learned that from him early on as I saw him connect with his players. And uh, I try to follow that as well and, um, you know, have more than just a uh, student teacher relationship with with my kids or, or teens or adults uh, that are in our program. Um, my first in karate instructor, Terry Donovan, um, has been uh, instrumental uh, in my life from the time I set foot in his training facility. Um, and we are friends. We still talk. He's, he's in Texas now, but we still talk typically once a month or every couple of months. Um, he was instrumental in helping me open this place and guiding me through the things that I needed to do in order to do that. Um, you know, my jujitsu coach, Walter Johnson, uh, has, has had a big impact on my life. Uh, you know, um, business people like Bill Rossi, my, my great friend, Bill Rossi, uh, is a constant ear that, you know, I, I'm constantly bouncing ideas, especially when it comes to business, uh, off of him and, um, you know, any of these people that I mentioned will answer the phone every single time I call and they will uh, talk to me. They will guide me. They'll give me advice. Um, and it's been a tremendous help to me throughout the years. Do you think you would have done anything? I don't think so. You know, um, my end game was always to have my own school. And, um, you know, I was I was very lucky when I opened this place. Um, you know, another friend of mine told me about, you know, I, I didn't know anything about running a business. I knew how to teach karate. I knew how to teach kickboxing, things like that. I knew once I did that, once I had a place, I'd be able to do that. Um, but a friend of mine, when I was talking to her about, you know, I'm opening a school and she said, are you working with the small business development center? And I said, well, what's that? <laughs> and she said, you know, she explained the whole thing to me. Um, and they're at SUNY IT and it's a free service. They, they help business people start up businesses. So I went right on and I filled out an application and I get a call the, like uh, the next week. And um, one of the mentors there that, that helps you was a black belt. And he saw my application and he grabbed it and I said, I'll take this one. And he walked me through the whole process. He helped me with my business plan. He helped me with my financial projected projections. Um, he put a whole packet together that I brought to the city. And uh, the city, you know, was tremendous in helping me out. They uh, gave me a, a um, 
a downtown development grant because we're located in the downtown. They gave me a, a small business development loan. And I was able to open up <clears throat> uh, with the help of all these people. And, and the city of Rome was a big help with their financing. No, that's awesome. Now, you mentioned, um, you know, some of those individuals, but for somebody that's looking to start a business, and it might not be, you know, a karate business, but any any business out there, what advice would you give somebody? Just what I just said. Um, the Small Business Development Center will guide you step by step through the whole process, everything you need. Uh, I would highly recommend that be your first phone call is uh, once you make the decision, I want to open a business, set up an appointment with them or fill out their application and they'll call you and set it up. Uh, and then look for grants. That was a big help to me. Um, this, talk to the city's uh, economic development office. They will let you know if there's available funding. I was lucky I had a grant. I didn't have to pay back. Um, really helped me get this place in shape. Um, and uh, that's those are the first two things. And have a good mentor, uh, a good person that's in the business that you want to open that can help guide you. I had a bunch of them, so I was I was very very fortunate. And um, but you really need somebody to help guide you that you can call pretty much any time uh, and sometimes just vent to because things are so frustrating when you're trying to open, but also to bounce ideas off of and, and get a outside look at what you're trying to do. So I got to pull okay. one other comment here. Mark Wilson says, I've known Dave since grad school, great school, great friend, great person. Congratulations on the success. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Mark. Me and Mark go back to elementary school. Uh, he lived right behind me. Um, I grew up on Ridgewood. He was on Linwood, right directly behind us, and uh, we were thick as thieves back then. What's on the horizon for you? Right now, uh, we just before summer camp, we did a, a thousand square foot expansion on our school, um, and right now we're just uh, pushing our program. And uh, you know, I've enrolled ten kids in the last eight days, and um, that's what we're we're trying to do. Um, we just want to help more kids and the, the more people that we can help, the better. I got 143 West Dominic Street. I know the, the webpage too. Is that the best way for people to check you out? Just go right on the webpage. Yeah, they can check us out, www.romekarate.com. If they have any questions, they can shoot me a text message or any, uh, uh, they can email me at david at romekarate.com. They can text me or call me at 315 uh, 481-0695. That's our dojo cell phone. We, you know, a lot of people are texting now. Shoot me a text message. I'll give you a call. We can answer any questions you have. Dave, it's been fun, man. I, I appreciate uh, the time tonight and uh, I'm glad my son came down we'll be back again next year, but uh, keep doing good things, man. It's, it's, you're doing a great job for the community. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed talking with you. Absolutely. Enjoy the night. Stay safe. We'll talk again soon. All right. Bye-bye, guys. Thanks, Dave. So that was Dave Bruce, the owner of Dave Bruce's American Martial Arts on 143 West Dominic Street right here in Rome. Dave, another great story um, of how much he's done for the community, our youth. My son, as I said, was the first time this year at a summer camp, and uh, my son will be back there next year. 
And, and Dave does everything with first class. All his uh, coaches, instructors um, were, were great to the kids and uh, just another great story. Uh, I'm learning so much about martial arts here in the last month or so with all the guests that we've had on. And next week I'll bring back Keith Waterman for the second time um, at Waterman's Martial Arts. I'll speak to him. He's one of my favorite uh, people that I've had on this show in the last two months. I want to make sure that I thank Vicky from last week too. Vicky finished with just under 3,000 views on Facebook. Um, but as always, you can check out my shows on YouTube, Facebook. I'll post them on Twitter. I'll post them on LinkedIn. Thanks to everybody for following me the past two months. I never thought that I'd keep doing this thing. Um, it's been a fun ride. And uh, if you know any business, you know anybody, athlete, coach, somebody, everybody's got a story to tell. That's why I started this show. Just reach out to me. They can message me on Facebook. Um, and I'd be more than happy to get something scheduled. Right now, my next um, opening is in November. So um, I'm booked through October uh, to the start of November. So I hope everybody enjoyed the show. I can't thank everybody enough for the following. Share my video, go on YouTube and subscribe to my page. Never miss a show. You can always catch the replays. So I want to again thank Dave Bruce for coming on here tonight. As I say, every Wednesday night on The Rock Pile, The Rock Pile is where dreams become reality. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night.